Hello, friends, and welcome to Grits in the Gospel, episode 10. It's hard to believe I've done 10 of these. Um, I originally um, had thought this would be a place to be a repository for my sermons, and eventually I really would like for that to happen. It looks like my old sermons may not come <laughs> on here um, unless I read them in, which there are a lot of them now. So that um, may not happen, but going forward, I think we have found um, a good way to make that happen. So uh, my friend JT, who's our tech support, my tech support here at Grits in the Gospel, and as well over at my other podcast, Find Your People, who I do with my very good friend Mandy Caldwell, um, is going to help us move forward and get things moving in that direction. So um, also, by the time this one comes out, we may already be on all the platforms. Uh, so this, both podcasts will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places. And we're really excited. It makes it more accessible and easier to find and easier to listen to. And we just really have enjoyed our time doing this. And uh, we are, are real excited at the possibilities um, for this particular podcast. I'm excited um, to try a platform and gain this skill set uh, for my ministry going forward. And I appreciate y'all all being along on this ride as I learn new things and try new things and um, look for new and different ways to spread the gospel. Um, over at Find Your People, we're spreading laughter and joy, which is also, I think, um, part of what we should be doing in mission. Um, so that's more of a laughter and joy. This is more of a time of reflection and study. And so I have enjoyed it. Um, but going forward, I may, uh, you may start to see my sermons um, on here in a different way than I had originally thought. So uh, I'm really excited to be a part of this platform and to look and see how God is calling me to use it in these newfound skills uh, to spread his word. So let's get started today. Um, I thought today I would talk about why I chose the elder track um, versus the deacon track in the United Methodist Church. Um, mainly, the main reason, the number one reason for me, and this is a very personal choice, is because of sacramental authority. Uh, the ability to baptize and the ability to preside at the table. Different denominations see those things very differently. Um, and the Methodist Church, I believe, is a um, aligns very much with my, what my personal beliefs are. And so we're going to look at that today, why sacramental authority is so important to me and why it is the way it is in the Methodist Church. So the first thing we're going to do today is look at why the Last Supper and why communion and presiding at the table at communion 
um, is an important thing for me. First of all, it's because the, the last thing that Jesus did with his disciples was gather them together around the table. And we get to do that um, most of the time in the Methodist church. It's once a month, um, plus special occasions. Other denominations do it every week, um, which I personally love because <laughs> I grew up that way. But gathering at the table is multifaceted. It's a way for us to continue to commune with God to commune with one another around the table, to be fed spiritually, to remember our baptism. It's a really important time in the services that we have in the Methodist Church. And it all started in the Gospels. This is um, one account of that Last Supper. It's a little bit long, but I think it's important to see um, the reasons that Jesus did this. So hear now the words of the gospel. They came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover meal for us that we may eat it. They asked him, where do you want us to make preparations for it? Listen, he said to them, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs already furnished. Make preparations for us there. So they went and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and after giving thanks said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, my, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, The cup is that that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is, his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is, go is going as it has been determined, but woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another, which of them could it be who did this? Several things happen in this scripture. First is that preparations are made at the table. And in my time before ministry, I did a lot of preparing the elements and preparing the table. And if you ask people that do that for their churches, it is just as sacred a time to prepare the meal as it is to come to the table. That is a ministry all unto itself, <laughs> one that people take very seriously I used to joke that I only ironed when it was time to iron the fair linens for the church, and that's still pretty true. 
but it's that reverence, that taking the time to prepare the meal that we see that um, Peter and John got to do for Jesus at the Last Supper that we get to spend a moment in preparation and in worship as we set the table. That is a gift unto itself. That is a mission of some people in the church is to be that person that takes the time and the quiet to set the Lord's Supper table. I also love in this scripture that we once again see Jesus dining and breaking bread with the people that he cares about the most. Gathering around the table is a sacred place and whether it's, you know, out to dinner or um, I love a good dinner party where we all put our phones away and just talk to each other over a plate of food. There's something sacred about that. And Jesus was having that one last time with his disciples. But in the end, what it was also um, an opportunity for Jesus to do was to foretell his death and the end of his life and that he would be betrayed. And that is why this particular meal is such a sacred thing for us to remember and to honor in the way we do at the communion table. The phrase that I love the most comes in verse 15. It says, um, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Eagerly desired. Jesus really wanted to be there and spend his last moments of freedom with the people that he loved the best and that he that knew him the best, the people that had been there throughout his ministry and mission. And I think that's why before any big event, we have a meal together, whether it's um, dinners and parties before weddings or moving or a baby, we all gather together to celebrate. And even if it's a little tea sandwich, <laughs> to break bread together. It is a good way for us to come together and um, and celebrate. This is not a new concept, obviously. The Passover had been happening for the Jewish community for thousands of years at that point. There are a lot of feasts in the Old Testament. Anytime something needed to be memorialized, they had a feast. <laughs> um, just some examples Exodus 12, 14 says, This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. So memorializing people comes with gathering at the table. Exodus 23, 16 says, You shall keep the feast of harvest of the first fruits of your labor of which you sow in the field. You shall keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather from the fields the fruit of your labor. So anytime there's an accomplishment of their work, they had a feast. 
Um, and there are several more throughout the Old Testament that show over and over that the way to celebrate, the way to honor God is to gather together around the table. Jesus's first miracle in John 2 was also a feast. It was a wedding feast, but they came together. And of course, Jesus um, famously turned water into wine at that feast, a wedding feast. We are called to do that over and over again in Scripture, whether it's the Old Testament and keeping the ways of um, the Jewish traditions or in the New Testament with the New Covenant, we are called to break bread together. And that, for me, is why sacramental authority is so important. And that is why I chose the elder track uh, in the United Methodist Church. Others have other gifts and things that they want to do in their ministry, and they're called to other things. But I knew the elder was for me because I could not imagine not wanting to have sacramental authority. And because that need is so strong in me, I knew that that's what I was being called to do. But we all have gifts. I love um, what 1 Corinthians 12 says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So elders, there's nothing really extra special about presiding at the table. It is not that we are considered better by the Methodist Church or worse by the Methodist Church. It's not a, a matter of ranking or um, an authority over someone else. What it is is a use and a, uh, a, a of our gift. And our gift is sharing that time at the table, uh, one of them. I, and I feel strongly about that because I feel strongly about my own gift. I am called to preside at the table, and I know that because that desire is so strong and that desire would not be there so strongly if God was not calling me to do it. But it does not mean that I'm any better or any worse than anybody else in the church any member, any deacon, any um, presider, any communion preparer. We are all the same. We just have different gifts that manifest in different ways. And mine, the gift I was given, just happens to be that desire to help preside at the table. Um, there's a great quote from one of my professors, Teresa Fry Brown, who is not just a professor at Candler, she's a dean at Candler, and she is a giant in the field of preaching. And she said the other day, I have a gift, but I am not the gift. And I think that really resonated with me when thinking about the elder idea. 
Because there's some debate now in the Methodist Church about giving sacramental authority to deacons. And I I'm, don't want to get into that too much here except to say if that is your gift, then a title should not stop that or limit that. But I am given the gift. I am not the gift. The sacramental authority that is my gift does not make me the gift. It makes me a vessel for the gift. And we sometimes as ministers and just as people in general can let our ego get in the way. And this is a really easy place for that to happen. But I will always think back to that quote from uh, Dean Fry Brown that I am given the gift, but I am not the gift. <laughs> it is nothing to do with me. It is all from God. Going back to that Corinthians passage, it says next, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. There are many, many, many gifts that I do not possess. The gifts of speaking multiple languages is not something that I possess in any way. Singing on tune and in pitch is not a gift I possess in any way at all. Nursing people back to health is not a gift that I have in any way at all. I'm not a healer. I don't speak in tongues. I do not sing. But I have been given other gifts and not to use them would be going against that spirit that gave it to me I am the vessel it is that simple so when you think about your own gifts how are you using those how are you manifesting the the unique and wonderful gifts that you are given. Think about that this week as you go about your time and find new and different ways that you can use your gifts that you are given. Whether it's on a new platform or in a new setting, God is constantly using us to grow his kingdom. Friends, it's always a joy to be with you. And on this first double digit episode, I'm so thankful that um, I get to use my gifts in this way. My prayer is that you will have a great week and that you will come back to me next week and that we can learn and grow together. Amen. <music>